Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, we're rolling. It is Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is episode 153 of Gridiron Grinder. And for tonight, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium like we always do. Uh, then we're going to cover the news from this past week. After that, we are going to provide our AFC and NFC South outlook for the upcoming season. And last but not least, we'll close things off with question of the week. And so, uh, yeah, with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? Uh, pretty good, man. I, I got to say I'm totally uh, fired up about all of our new subscriber action that we've had. And so... Uh, last week, we got to shout out to a couple of new guys. Uh, this week, we had six new subscribers. Uh, five of them were anonymous, but uh, Silver Dragon, you let us know who you are. We appreciate you signing up to watch us, and uh, hopefully you'll like what you're going to get here tonight. So uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, we're pushing those that, that half-century mark. Let's call it like it is. Like, we're getting up there, not quite to the half-century mark. Yeah. Far enough okay. over the quarter century to... to I, I'd like to say 32% of the way to triple digits. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever way you can spin it to make it sound, I don't know, a little spicier. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, on that note, for anybody who's watching, uh, just to give you a heads up, these episodes do get a little bit lengthy. We typically run an hour and a half to two hours. And so uh, because of that, we... Uh, bookmark each section of the video in the description of the video. And that way, if you want to jump around to a particular section, it's easy to kind of navigate from there. And so uh, that can kind of help you uh, for those purposes. And uh, yeah, I guess, James, why don't you take that ball and run with it for Name That Stadium, man? So as you can see, I'm, gener I'm traveling around going to stadiums that host NFL games First person to guess it gets an extra special bookmarked shout out. And, um, you know, even somebody that guesses probably will get a, just a normal shout out because, you know, we want, we want y'all to play, uh, play this, but nobody's, nobody's been taking it lately. Uh, last week I was at the hall of fame stadium in, um, Canton because, well, we were, um, doing our show during the Hall of Fame game. So I figured, hey, it just kind of fit. Yeah, no, very appropriate. I like that. I would like to point out, I think that was the second time since we've been doing this that I've, I've gone to the Hall of Fame stadium. So so these they tend to repeat because, you know, there's kind of a limited number of, t of stadiums that I can pick from. Yeah, especially this time of year. So, uh, yeah, for any of those long-time subscribers or viewers, if you do want to play Name That Stadium, uh, James is just giving you some hints here on what to look for in the future. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, well, cool. Let's move on and do our recap of the past week. And so, um, you know, James, I kind of thought it was going to be a light week since we did our last show less than, less than a week ago. But um, uh, it ended up being fairly busy. And so some of this stuff I'm, I'm not going to go too deep into, just kind of hit the highlights and move on. Uh, and speaking of the Hall of Fame game, we could just start there. Uh, the first preseason game, not usually a ton to uh, go crazy with in terms of the score and things like that, because 
it's uh, a lot of backups. But uh, the one takeaway that I had, which I think most people that, that watched it or read about it or whatever after the fact would agree with, is that uh, Cleveland's backup quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, mm-hmm. the dude looked really, really good. You know, keep in mind it was against a bunch of backups, but still, as a rookie quarterback in the league, uh, he came in, he showed a lot of intensity, a lot of competitive ability, and he's a guy to keep an eye on for them, uh, you know. And, and we kind of talked about it back when they had the draft, that I liked the fit for him backing up mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Um, I think that they're maybe cut from the same kind of cloth, and so – um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he snags that QB two job sooner than later. Yeah, you know, I I kind of agree with you. I was I was looking at it, and he's he's just that natural fit there for um, tobacco Watson. And what you want is your QB two to have a similar skill set as your QB, because then your backup, if, if something happens to your starter, your backup can just slide in and doesn't have, you don't have to change the offense much which put a lot of teams, especially with the running quarterbacks, aren't able to find that that other Russian quarterback that can back up because there's not that many of them currently in the league. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you want to have that consistency for sure. Um, all right, so next up, James, I, I noticed that Kareem Hunt has had some interest as a free agent running back. Uh, he had a visit with the Saints and another visit with the Colts. Nothing has basically transpired yet for him, uh, which I'm kind of surprised about. He's he's a very well-rounded running back, and when you look at his time in the league, uh, you'd think he would still have some uh, tread on those tires, so to speak, and there's been a lot of running back drama. You know, and these two teams, they pointed out, Kamara with the suspension, Jonathan Taylor with the possible, you know, holdout or demanding a trade or whatever. Um, well, Jonathan Taylor's on the pup list they put him on the non-football injury list initially okay. for for alleged back spasms that jonathan taylor's like i didn't have back spasms i didn't complain about back problems to oh. and then and then okay. now i guess he tweaked his ankle in camp or something so they put him on the pup list <laughs> okay and and yeah i mean hey you know uh in either case i i just i would have thought kareem hunt would have been getting more looks by now but Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. You know, it is what it is. Uh, another running back that has gotten a look is, uh, Kenyon Drake. He has signed with Indy. And so he's going to be part of the insurance policy, at least for the Jonathan Taylor situation. Um, I don't know how much Kenyon Drake has left in the tank. I would have personally preferred, obviously a guy like Kareem Hunt, but, um, you know, that's okay. You know, Drake has had his ups and downs in his time. And so, you know, uh, you're looking at basically, uh, you know, filling a void for some big shoes with Jonathan Taylor. I think anybody you bring in is going to have a hard time filling that role. So, yeah. And when you mentioned Kareem, Kareem Hunt, did you mention that he visited New Orleans too this week? Yes. I completely zoned out on that. I'm sorry. I've had a week. Oh, <laughs> okay. forgive me. Yeah, no, no. It's I all just, good. I just yeah. saw it and it clicked. I was like, I didn't hear him say that. Yeah. So I, I try to pay attention, but every once in a while, you know, I, I, I'm going on like 10 days in a row without a weekend or without a day off. And that, that's, that, as a government employee, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. Hey, it's all good, man. 
I, you know, I'll, I'll probably space out at some point here too. So uh, that's why teamwork makes the dream work for Gridiron Grinder. Uh, all right. So next up, James, I saw a former Lions defensive end and Miami Dolphins defensive end, Trey Flowers. Uh, he has re-signed with the Patriots, which is where he began his career. Um, I think that was a great move for him. I think it's a great move for the Patriots. He was highly productive for them, and uh, he didn't seem to fit in with us or with the Dolphins. And so, you know, sort of sending him back home, maybe that'll kind of like resurge his career and get him going again. Uh, but it's one of those situations. It's like Jamie Collins and all these other guys, Kyle Van Noy. You got to watch those guys when they leave the Patriots because Belichick's mm-hmm. very good at getting them to fit into a, a very specific role in a defense. And we've seen a lot of those guys get big money deals elsewhere and it just never pans out. So um, I think good for him, uh, you know, just be cautious if and when that contract's up again. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, I saw Teddy Bridgewater. He signed a deal with Detroit, one-year contract. He's going to be backing up Jared Goff. Makes sense. You know, Dan Campbell already said Hendon Hooker's going to have a redshirt year. Uh, and so I think at this point in the season or offseason or whatever, you know, Bridgewater probably thought, hey, you know, the chance to start's not likely there unless a starting quarterback gets hurt somewhere. And so uh, this is a pretty, I would say, attractive backup quarterback job. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if Goff does get hurt, he's on a team that has that potential playoff hype. And so, um, and I'm glad to have him. I, I heard we we tried signing him before the draft, and he wanted to wait and see what we did in the draft. And, and then this whole time he's been holding out for a better opportunity. It just didn't come his way. Yeah. Uh, another guy going back home, so to speak, we got John Johnson, the safety who was playing in Cleveland these last couple of years. Um, he is returning to the Rams. And so if you go back a couple seasons, he was really good in that Rams defense. Uh, got a big money deal in Cleveland. Uh, I wouldn't say he was horrible in Cleveland, but he, he just never lived up to the contract and the expectations that they had for him. Uh, and the Rams, we know they need help. So uh, if he can get back to the form that he had with them, that'll be a huge boost for that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next up, we got Justin Houston getting a little long in the tooth, but he has signed a one-year deal with Carolina. Um, And man, I tell you, James, when I was going through this and I was looking at where he would fit in on that defense, because we know Carolina's defense has some talent. um, It just made me think, wow, it's really a really good roster in Carolina and not just on defense, on offense. Um, I think that a lot of their success is going to depend on what happens with Bryce Young and how quickly he develops. But uh, we're going to be talking about some of that tonight. So, you know, we'll save that for later. Um, Next up, Eno Benjamin running back for the New Orleans Saints. He has ruptured his Achilles. Uh, Bummer for him because it looked like he was in line to get more work with Kamara being suspended. Also, kind of another reason I'm surprised they didn't try to make a move on Kareem Hunt. They brought him in, mm-hmm. but um, it is what it is. And, and, yeah, I guess I guess important to point that out. So I don't think we talked about the suspension last week, just that it was likely something was going to happen, right? Or did we hit it? I don't think we even hit it. It was likely. Uh, he was meeting, I think, last week when 
when we recorded, he was meeting with the with commissioner Michelle. that day. Okay, or yeah. Or it was the next day it was announced he was meeting with the commissioner. So I don't even think we hit it at all. Okay, yeah. So I, I couldn't find it in my notes. But, yeah, so uh, Alvin Kamara, he had, um, what was the uh, incident? Like some type of assault deal or something? It was a fight um, in Vegas after the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl weekend. And him and a couple couple of his buddies got into a got into a fight got with somebody and he was facing like he was facing some serious charges and then like he he like yeah, got reduced or whatever to a misdemeanor of like this of like disturbing, yeah, disturbing the peace, the peace or, something. or something yeah i remember that yeah. yeah uh well yeah so hey they they decided they're gonna do three games for him which you know um probably not that bad in the grand scheme of things. And I think when you're, when you're looking at the saints and their prospects for this year, I think um, three games helps them quite a bit that it wasn't more, you know, because with them bringing in Derek Carr, I think a lot of people have some high hopes for the saints this year. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I I think three games could be manageable for them, but uh, okay. Next up, we've got, Defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe, he has signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Uh, when I when I went through it, I didn't see the details, but uh, I, I thought I heard on NFL Network it was something around one-year $10 million. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's what I heard, too. I I don't recall, though. Okay. And 10 I mean, that's, that's pretty healthy for a guy that uh, I think a lot of people were starting to regard him as like a pass rush only kind of specialist. Uh, but I think the Bears are saying they're expecting him to be on the field a lot. And so, you know, that kind of money would reflect a more active role than just a specialist kind of role. So um, let's see. Next up, I got Matthew Judon, the outside linebacker for the Patriots. He has restructured his contract for this year, basically just boosting his guaranteed money. I think it was something around $2 million guaranteed. Uh, the restructured deal boosts him up to 14 and, uh, you know, probably just a little bit of salary cap finesse on the Patriots and making him happy on his part of the process. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, this one I, I like, and I think it's a freaking steal, to be honest. But uh, Cincinnati extended their linebacker, Logan Wilson, four years, 37 and a quarter million uh, for how good he has been and how much these pay rates have been inflated i don't know man for less than 10 million a year on this guy just blows my mind but uh hey you know it's still a lot of money good for him really good for the team and i think it helps you know with like sort of keeping that cincinnati super bowl window open if you can you can get these guys a little bit early and get them for the right value and you know it helps you you know financially keep all your studs so uh, good move there. Yeah. So I, I looked it up. Ngakwe, it was $10 million guaranteed, but with incentives, it could be 10.5. Okay. Eh, hey, not a whole lot of escalators, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got a few more here, James. It looks like Malik Hooker, the safety for Dallas, he signed a three-year, $24 million extension. Uh, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, also, one of these guys getting really long in the tooth, but still a, a phenomenal blocking tight end. Uh, he signed with the Chicago Bears. I didn't see the details on his, but that's okay. 
Uh, and then lastly, I got Cameron Jordan from the Saints. Uh, he signed a two-year extension worth $27.5 million. So mm-hmm. um, that's all I've got, man. You know, quite a bit there for less than a week of time. But what would you see that I missed, man? So one, and it, it happened about three hours ago, so I'm not surprised you missed because it's um, Marlon Mack tore his his left Achilles and is out for the season hmm. in practice today. Man, that guy just can never catch a break. Yeah, so I guess it was at 2020 he tore his right Achilles, and now this year he tore his left Achilles. Yeah, yeah, going back to his time in Indy, it just seems like every chance he got, he got hurt. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and then he just got buried in a depth chart somewhere. And so uh, yeah. and now you got to wonder at his at this stage of his career for a running back with this many injuries, you know, can he bounce back and ever really be productive? I don't know. But um, I, you know, obviously I hope the best for the guy. He had a ton of talent. He had a ton of, you know, he was one of those guys. He was like a boomer bust running back when mm-hmm. he was playing in Indianapolis and uh, he was always in a backup role, and then it looked like he was ready to start, and he got hurt. And so, um, just a just an unfortunate set of circumstances for him. Yeah, and the other thing um, is, this report just came out like an hour ago, but uh, apparently Bashad Breland was arrested in North Carolina. Um, Are this news? broke but earlier this week in with charges including possession of a stolen car guns and drugs in the car um i'm looking for like the full rundown of it okay here it is possession of a stolen vehicle altering serial numbers altering a title possession of marijuana possession of a schedule one controlled substance and possession of a firearm he had according to the police report he had multiple guns in the car, including two AR-15s and two AK-47s. He had more than five pounds of marijuana, 62 grams of suspected mushrooms, and drug paraphernalia. Holy cow, man. Ugh. And, and you, you would wonder why. Why would a person in his position do something like that you know it just seems like he would yeah. never have to never have to go to the streets you know yeah so apparently this is a, there was an incident two years ago i completely forgot about this um but in 20 or three years ago he where he was charged with Five counts, resisting arrest, uh, transport of alcohol in a motor vehicle with a broken seal, open container, and 28 grams or less of marijuana or 10 grams of hash and driving without a license. Okay. So this is a similar, very similar incident that's happened to him. Yeah, I'd say this is this is escalating it quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you start tampering with serial numbers on cars and things like that. So, um, well, shit, that's not good. That doesn't uh, bode well for him. Yeah, and then apparently on the first depth chart that the Raiders um, released, they put 
Zamir White as the starter. Okay, yeah, because Josh Jacobs is holding out. Yeah, and there's there's like not even talks between Jacobs and the Raiders right now. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I just saw something earlier that the Raiders want to re-engage him for discussions, but uh, it yeah. doesn't mean it's going to happen. Exactly, they are open to restarting. Okay, that's what, that's what it was. Talks yeah. with them. They are open to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, well, is that it on the news? Yeah, I think that that was it. I just I want to hit that Josh Jacobs thing because that's a crazy one. That like I'm surprised the Raiders haven't tied that up. Somehow. I know he was a huge part of their success last year. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. Apparently, today Claypool with the Bears pulled up grabbing his hamstring during one-on-one reps. So, okay. but there's nothing on how injured it is gotcha okay yeah that's one to keep an eye on um you know with them bringing in dj moore they still have darnell mooney and then at tight end they got cole Komet and robert tanyan you know claypool man it it would help to have him but it's not the end of the world because they, mm-hmm. they definitely got some weapons they're receiving now but uh, but still, you know, you want to see him be up to up to form, and and uh, you know, you want to see how they're going to look with the full full slate of guys. So, yeah. um, and to close the loop on something we talked about a lot a couple years ago, um, Henry Ruggs was sentenced for his fatal DUI oh, crash from yeah, 2021, going like a hundred and something miles an hour or whatever. Yeah, he was going 156 miles an hour while while drunk. He was sentenced to three to ten years in uh, prison. Okay. Yeah, that was a, I don't know, just not a good situation. So. Yeah, but just closing the loop on that because. Yeah. 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 So he is he is out of the league. He is out. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely out. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's move it on over, and let's do wait, 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 our... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, not yet. Kareem Hunt was offered a contract. Oh, he, what, he denied it? Or yeah. What? Wow. With which uh, team? The Saints or the Colts? The Colts offered him a contract, but he didn't sign it. Oh, man. Huh. There's no, no information on what. Yeah, what was it decent or was? Or yeah, we don't anything, know. But let me see. Um, so, according to Tom Pelissero, I, I just I want to see if there's any information on what he was signed. If it was. Yeah, I mean, hey, you were just talking about Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you know the Raiders should be kicking the tires on Kareem Hunt too. Any of these guys that have a a running back issue at all, or even if you you just need the depth, man, you should be going after a guy like Kareem Hunt. Yeah, so I, I guess it's just he was uh, all the information is is they offered him a contract. What that contract was, who knows? Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's fine. So, so. That's good that they offered him a contract. So it's 
they probably just lowballed him because we heard what uh, Jim Irsay said about running backs a couple like last week. So yeah, that could be. All right, are we good now? That's it. That's Sweet. It. Cool, cool, cool. I just happened to see out of the corner of my eye that Hunt was actually offered a contract. No, hey, good to have the information for sure. Um, all right, so yeah, let's move it on over. We're going to do our AFC and NFC South outlook for the upcoming season. And so this is just carrying it forward from last week. We did our review on the, the teams of the East. This week we're doing the South. Next week, we're doing the West, and then we're going to wrap it all up with the North. And so uh, looking at the South here, James, we'll start with the AFC, which gives us the Houston Texans. And so, um, you know, I'll just start off like I did last week and hit some of the key, uh, you know, like player transactions or roster moves, if you will. And then we can kind of talk about what do we think that means in terms of their record predictions and things like that for this year. And so... Uh, for Houston, at quarterback, the big thing was that um, they drafted C.J. Stroud in the first round, and um, they still have Davis Mills, but you know the expectation is that Stroud's going to win that QB1 job, even though he hasn't been given it yet. Uh, at running back, they, um, you know, they lost a couple guys, nothing crazy. They did bring in Devin Singletary, um, but... You know, Damian Pierce is the guy there. And I, I want to say Singletary got hurt. Maybe I'm mistaken that. but Yeah, um, he did. Okay. I, I want to say that too. Yeah, I think it was a few weeks ago though. But um, yeah. but yeah, maybe you could check that out while I'm doing our recap here. At wide receiver, uh, they did lose Brandon Cooks. He went to the Cowboys. And, you know, they're playing to backfill him. We'll see how it plays out. But they brought in Robert Woods, who, coming off an injury last year, had a really down year with Tennessee. Uh, They did also draft Tank Dell in the third round. Uh, But I think that they're expecting some of the guys that were already on the roster, like Nico Collins, uh, and then even John Mechie, who's coming back from cancer, they're expecting some of those guys to step up at wide receiver. And I'm hoping that's the case because – uh, we've talked about it before. When you draft a rookie quarterback, you really want him to have weapons to kind of help aid in that development. Yeah, so I, I glanced at a quick search, and I'm not seeing any recent okay. injury history with um, Singletary, so maybe it was just like he tweaked something. That could be. And, yeah, I mean, hey, if he's healthy, that's good because uh, he'll be a really good running back, too, to Damian Pierce. Uh, and so then at tight end, um, you know, the big news there was that they brought in Dalton Schultz and free agency. Uh, and I really do like that one because we talk a lot about uh, tight ends, rookie quarterback or young quarterback's best friend. And so uh, Dalton Schultz, you know, he he was recovering or coming back from injury last year with Dallas, sort of a, a down year by his standards. But uh, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to get back to form and provide a lot of value for these guys. Um, then looking at the offensive line, uh, they did lose a couple guys, Justin Britt, AJ can, uh, but they also brought in Shaq Mason. That was a nice signing mm-hmm. and they drafted juice Scruggs in the second round. And I think you were saying their center, their starting center got hurt. And so it looks like, yeah, Scruggs, yeah so thank you. Quisberry. Yes. Yeah, so Scruggs might get pushed into a starting role sooner than later. 
Um, on the defensive line, Mario Addison's out. They brought in Sheldon Rankins. I think that's an okay upgrade. You know, like that's uh, Rankins has like a five-point boost over Addison if you look at lineups. Uh, and then at the edge, they lost Rasheem Green and Ogbania Okoronkwo, however you say his name. Uh, but the key here is that they, they doubled down early in the first round of the draft. And this is where they brought in uh, Will Anderson Jr. And so uh, they're expecting him to have an impact in his rookie year. Uh, of course, you got to temper those expectations. But uh, I think the idea is that long term, that should be a major upgrade to their edge. Uh, and then at linebacker, I like they uh, they brought in Denzel Perryman. I like him a lot. He's highly productive. I know he's sometimes a liability in coverage, but, um, you know, he's a pretty good linebacker, especially a guy you're going to find in a free agency. Uh, they also brought in Corey Littleton to add some depth. At safety, uh, they I'm sorry, at cornerback, they added Tavier Thomas, which uh, helps. It's not like a spectacular signing, but it'll help them. Uh, but... I think one of their flash signings was bringing in Jimmy Ward at safety. And so that was a uh, D'Amico Ryan's connection from the 49ers got him in there. And when I, when I go up to down looking on lineups at each of the position groups, James, you know, I would say that in terms of needs for the team, you know, it's like quarterbacks, not really a need, but it needs development. You know, like they have Stroud and they're expecting him to be the franchise guy, but as a rookie, he's going to need time, and so until he gets up to speed, that could be a weak spot for him. That wide receiver one spot could be a weak spot for him. They do have plenty of guys in that wide receiver room. We just need to see one of them step up. Uh, Scruggs at center, that could potentially be an issue. Uh, but I think, I think you know, offensive linemen typically get there quicker, and so I think Scruggs will be okay. Uh, but then also on the interior defensive line, defensive tackle, uh, I think they could use some help there. But all in all, when you look at where Houston was a year ago to where they're at today, uh, it's like night and day. They've made a ton of progression. And so I, I like what I'm seeing. But they still got a ways to go. So I don't want to, like, totally sugarcoat it. What are you seeing there, bud? Well, the South is the worst division in all of football by my estimation. Okay. Uh, so that helps them. That helps them, but how much does it help them, help them is my my question. I, I'm going to be frank with you. With Houston, I have nobody. I'm sorry, with the South, I don't have a single team above 500. That's how okay. bad I think this division is. And I'm really high on Jacksonville and um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, too. Well, yeah, and so um, I guess just looking at that in our super early, you had Houston at seven and ten. How are you feeling about them now? I, I think. Oh, let me get to my. So I dropped Houston down two games. Okay. And I put them at five, five and twelve. That's like Quisenberry with a rookie quarterback. You need that anchor on your on your offensive line, and I. I dropped them back with the Quisenberry injury because I have concerns about Scruggs stepping in and being the starter day one at center there. I think there's, I don't think they, I like what they did in the draft. I really, really do. I think there's pieces that they need um, to help. Uh, Scruggs? 
Yeah, Stroud. Thank you. I was like, it's not Young, it's the other <laughs> one. And, and I was just like drawing a blank on his name. Sure. Um, plus, on top of that, they have have a very hard um, in-conference schedule because they have to play the NFC, I'm sorry, the AFC North. Okay. And, and they play... Yeah, the right. AFC North is fucking brutal. Yeah, so they play the they play the NFC South, which is which is where they get a lot of I think they get a lot of their wins. But that that North they have to I mean, and they play at they start the year off at Baltimore. Okay. Um, and for the for the they're at the at Baltimore and at Cincinnati, and they have Cleveland and uh, why am I drawing a blank? Pittsburgh at home. Okay. So yeah, that's a tough slate of teams to have to play. Yeah. But just just playing the two best teams, who, the teams in my estimation who are who are the, which we'll get into in two weeks, the best teams in the in the AFC North, their hardest games are on the road. Okay. Uh, for for that, and they also like they're all their hard games, like with the exception of New Orleans, like they play at at Atlanta, which I think is going to be a really good team, and we'll talk to them, talk about them a little bit later. They play. At the Jets, who by my estimation is going to be improved, mm-hmm. it's just it's just not not a schedule that's very conducive to CJ Shaw having a good year, and I think that offense goes as CJ Shaw goes. So it's just yeah, and I mean, hey, they're starting from the bottom, you know. So it's um, I think that you know even if they went five and twelve. I think that that's it's a move in the right direction. You know, they yeah. they were three thirteen and one last year. You know, and so five and twelve with Stroud getting quality reps, I think would be encouraging for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and that's it's 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 going to be a building process for them. Um, and I at five and twelve, I don't have them in as the worst team in their division. Okay. So that's a plus. They're 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 third best in their division now. So they're they're moving up in in the right direction. I really think D'Amico Ryan's can turn this team around, but yeah. I just don't think this is the year to really do that. He's he's getting some really strong vibes. You know, people mm-hmm. are really digging what he's doing down there. Uh, and that's that's good, man. I I've got him at four and thirteen, and so uh, that's actually uh, the same as where I had him in the super early. Not a whole lot changed in my model for these guys, and so um, you know I think at four and thirteen, five and twelve, you and I are are pretty well aligned on these guys right now at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, all right, well why don't we move on down? The next team on my list here is the Indianapolis Colts, and so for the Colts at quarterback. Uh, they said goodbye to Matt Ryan, who was really just ineffective with them. And they uh, they brought in Gardner Minshew, but he's really just a placeholder for Anthony Richardson, who they drafted in the first round. A uh, ton of potential, but very raw. And so we'll see how long it takes for him to get going. Uh, at running back, you know, this is one move that I want to I mention, even though lineups has this guy rated as a 68 they did bring in Darrington Evans, who uh, I think is one of these guys that is just underrated and has some potential. And so with the issues that they're having in the running back room, I don't think that it's like bare. It's just they've got to like 
put these guys in a position to succeed. And some of that's going to come down to their offensive line, which played horrible last year. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, looking at the edge, they uh, they lost Yannick Ngakwe. We talked about him earlier signing with the Bears. Uh, they brought in Samson Ebukam, which was not a bad signing. Um, and I, I think lineups has him a little underrated, too. They've got him at a 75. They had Ngakwe at an 85, which... You know, I think you could tighten that gap between those two guys. I, I don't know that it needs to be that big of a spread. Uh, they also lost Bobby O'Kurik, however you say his name. I know I always mess his up. Uh, at linebacker, I think that is an issue. They didn't really backfill for him. Um, the expectation is Shaq Leonard's going to be healthy and ready to go, but you, you still want to have more than one quality linebacker on the defense. Uh, then at cornerback, Stephon Gilmore is no longer with them. He went to Dallas. They did draft Julius Brents in the second round. Uh, I liked his scouting report, but as a rookie, you got to kind of temper your expectations there. Uh, and then, um, let's see, safety. They lost Rodney McLeod. They didn't really backfill him with, you know, anybody with a respectable rating or a, a higher draft pick. Uh, and then a kicker, Chase McLaughlin, he's out. They brought in Matt Gay. And so, you know, looking at the Colts and just some of their weak spots in general, I think at quarterback, it's similar to Houston, where they have their quarterback of the future. He's just going to need time to develop, and he's probably going to need more time than Stroud. And so until he gets there, that's going to be a weak spot for them. Uh, Running back, it's all going to depend on what happens with Jonathan Taylor. If he sticks around and they find a way to keep him happy, they're fine at running back. If uh, they end up trading him or he holds out, running back becomes a weak spot for them big time, especially with the unknown status of their offensive line. Tight end is another area of concern for them. And so when I look at like lineups, you know, some of these positions I want to see, you know, somebody at least 75 or 80, they don't have that. Uh, With a rookie quarterback, I would prefer to see the tight end at an 80 or above because like we talk about, we want that quarterback comfortable with the tight end relationship there. Uh, outside linebacker, I think they need help. And it's safety, I think they need help. And so uh, the Colts, you know, for a team that just a couple years ago had all these high playoff hopes, um, they're looking pretty run down, man. And they're looking like they got a lot of holes at this point, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So with the thing with the Colts, like the league, is this is kind of a weird, quirky schedule in, in the league. Like, they have... They have four of their six division games in the first six weeks. Okay. They play Jacksonville, Houston. Then they play at Baltimore, the Rams, Tennessee, and then at Jacksonville. So, like, that's, that's kind of weird. And then, like, they don't play again in the division until week 13. Gotcha. But looking at, at like, the opening before their bye, I could see them easily going 0-10 going into being 0-10 going into the bye. Oh, I, I'm with you. I could see because that too. Yeah. Like, there's a couple question mark games: the Rams, the Saints, and at Carolina, and at New England. So the, those four games are games that they, in theory, could could win. But the other games, I mean, they have their division games. They play. And, and outside of that, they play at Baltimore and Cleveland at home. Okay. 
So, I mean, that's just a tough start to a season. Like, I could easily see, looking at their schedule and how it's lining up and what I'm hearing out of the Colts, this team could, in the- in, in theory, be 0-17, Like, seriously. It could, it could be rough, yeah. It could be rough. It and, could be a so, rough year. Yeah, and so, um, all right, so last year they finished 4-12-1. and Obviously, a lot has, has been shaken up with this team. New coach, new quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I guess I didn't talk about that much, but you know, the coach situation, they, they made big change there. Um, you had them at four and 13 in your super early. Where do you, where do you have them at now? I have them winning three games this, this okay. year. Um, I really, because like there are a couple teams that I'm not sure about, like, and we'll get to some of, some of them later. Like, I have them probably beat, probably beating the Rams and probably beating Carolina. Okay. And I mean, then it's just like a crapshoot, and I think they're going to kind of luck into a win somewhere. Yeah, along usually, the way. Yeah. But yeah, especially at the end of the year, you got a rookie head coach. The team mm-hmm. kind of rallies behind him at the end, and they squeeze a few off that aren't expected. So I got you. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's fine. So yeah, you had them originally four and thirteen. You you dropped them down a game, so you're three and fourteen. I originally had them at two and fifteen, and my model now has them at one and sixteen. And so mm-hmm. you were talking about that zero and seventeen, one and sixteen possibility. That's where I have them, and I think that, like you're saying, you know, somewhere in there they're going to sneak a couple wins. And I, you know, I don't know where they're at. And so when I went and I I tried to like manually override my model. I just didn't find anywhere that I felt comfortable. And so I left them at the models one and 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next up, James, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, these guys are coming off of a, a pretty successful season. You know, Doug Peterson's first year there really turned them around with Trevor Lawrence and company um, looking at their roster they made some changes at running back. Uh, they they drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round. He's going to help back up ETN. Uh, they also signed DeErnest Johnson, who I really like. DeErnest Johnson, when he got his time in Cleveland, he was legit. And so um, Jacksonville has a very deep running back room now, which is good. Uh, at wide receiver, they lost Marvin Jones. Uh, but it's not really the end of the world because Calvin Ridley came off of his uh, suspension with the league and he's ready to roll. And uh, everything I'm hearing about him sounds like he's looking pretty darn good. So uh, that's good. At tight end, they um, they kept Evan Ingram around, which was good. He, he fit in really well with that offense. They also went out and they drafted Brenton Strange in the second round. And so they're adding some depth there at tight end, which is nice. On the offensive line, they lost Jawan Taylor. He uh, signed with the Chiefs, um, which, you know, I'll tell you what, man, for as much news as that got, lineups only has Taylor as a 70. And so um, I thought he I thought he way outplayed uh, that rating. But uh, either way, Jacksonville drafted Anton Harrison in the first round. Uh, and so that hope, hopefully mitigates that loss. Um on the defensive line, Corey Peters is out. They brought in Dwayne Smoot. 
that's kind of a wash. I probably like Peters a little bit more, but lineups has them both at a 74. Uh, on the edge, Arden Key in, in <laughs> Dwayne Smoot, uh, he he was originally cut, and then they, they brought him back. So uh, I had him on my cut list also, James. But um, And then at uh, cornerback, uh, Shaq Griffin is out. And so looking at their, their roster top to bottom, I think that they need help. Uh, potentially at right tackle. It's going to depend on, you know, how quickly can Anton Harrison get up to speed. Uh, I think they could use some help at defensive tackle. They've got some guys on the defensive line, just not very highly rated. Uh, And then at safety, I think that's another position where it might be a little bit of a weak spot for them this year. But uh, all in all, I think Jacksonville's roster is looking a lot better than it has in a long time. Yeah, I think their their roster is looking a lot better. I think based on them winning the South last year, they have the hardest schedule in the South because they play the other because so they play play Kansas City, Buffalo, along with the AFC North. Um, so with but with them, like they have like a brutal stretch coming out of their bye. Like division games are always tough games, and so they play their bye is week nine. They play San Francisco, Tennessee, Houston, Cincinnati, at Cleveland, Baltimore. Yeah, they've got a tough schedule. And so, and the, with with them, I kind of I had them at nine and eight, and a lot of it's based on the schedule. And I, I really wanted to see them add add some more pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was projecting that like they would get like a piece here or there to get get an extra win, but actually I think, I think without adding some pieces, I thought, thought they maybe should consider. I actually dropped them down to eight and nine and winning the division at eight and nine. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So you still got them winning the division there. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And so, um, I, I mean, you know, not like crazy interesting, but yeah. So, I had them originally higher up. I had them at 12 and five in my super early. And, and just also keeping in mind for anybody who's watching, uh, they did finish nine and eight last year. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people are hopeful that they're going to get into double digit wins this year. Uh, but like James is saying, the schedule is tough and they didn't really boost the roster that significantly to offset some of the headwinds of the schedule. Uh, when I factor all of this information into my new model, I've got them coming down to nine and eight. And so with you at eight and nine, me at nine and eight, uh, we're a lot more aligned here on Jacksonville. Uh, and I have them winning the South uh, at nine and eight. So we both got them winning the, the division here. Uh, okay, so that takes us to the Titans, the last team in the South. And so uh, for Tennessee at quarterback, uh, Ryan Tannehill coming back. They're going to run it back with him at least one more time. Uh, but they did go out and draft Will Levis in the second round. And so it looks like either him or um, maybe Malik Willis, if he develops, because I've been hearing some actually really good things about him this offseason. Uh, one of those guys could potentially be the quarterback of the future there. Uh, at running back, Derrick Henry, he's the man. We know that. Uh, they did go and draft Tajay Spears in the third round, give him a little bit of depth there. Uh, at wide receiver, Robert Woods is out, but he was pretty ineffective for him last year anyhow. Uh, the big thing is that they signed DeAndre Hopkins, and 
the early reviews on him are looking pretty awesome. So uh, that would be a huge boost for this team. At tight end, they lost Austin Hooper. Uh, I don't think they really used him very well last year, but um, this is a team that historically has leaned on multiple tight ends in any given season. And so that's something I'm a little bit concerned about. On the offensive line, uh, a lot of guys are gone. Taylor Luan, Nate Davis, Ben Jones. They did bring in Andre Dillard, and they drafted Peter Skaronsky in round one. And so um, I I don't think the offensive line is going to be worse because of the three names I mentioned that left. All of them had injury issues and other things going on last year. Uh, but it's still, you know, I do still think they need to beef up that offensive line a little bit more. Skaronsky's a move in the right direction, but they could use a little bit more help. Uh, at defensive line, they brought in Arden Key. Hopefully Vrabel will be able to get some pass rush out of that guy. Uh, didn't really happen the way they wanted it to in Jacksonville, but it is what it is. Bud Dupree's gone on the edge. Uh, At linebacker, Zach Cunningham's gone. David Long is gone. They brought in Aziz Al-Shair. I think that was a really quality signing, by the way. Uh, And then at cornerback, uh, you know, they lost Terrence Mitchell. They they signed Sean Murphy Bunting. Central Michigan fire up chips. Uh, I think Murphy Bunting is a very good fit for that team, and and they need him. I think it's going to work out well for him. Uh, And then – I don't know. It's safety. Andrew Adams is out and at kicker. Randy Bullock's out. So it's, it's tough with Tennessee because, you know, at quarterback, it's like, which version of Tannehill are we going to get? Are we going to get the Tannehill from last year or the Tannehill from a couple years ago? If you get the guy from a couple years ago, I think it could bode well for Tennessee, especially with them having DeAndre Hopkins in the mix. Uh, but if we're getting last year's Tannehill, quarterback is definitely a weak spot on this roster because there are other guys there likely need time to develop. Uh, Tight end, you know, I think that they'll find a way to get production out of no-name guys, which they've they've been able to do, but it would have helped to go out and get a guy that maybe had, you know, like some known prospects, and and they did not do that. Uh, As I mentioned, the offensive line is a concern. Derrick Henry's just going to run it down the defense's throat, but – you know, you give him some lanes, he's obviously going to be way more effective. Uh, defensive end, that that continues to be a sore spot for Tennessee. Uh, they just can't seem to lock down guys on that defensive end or that edge spot. Uh, cornerback, even with Murphy Bunting coming in, I think they need a true cornerback one, and I'm just not seeing it. Uh, and then this is a team that's been snake bitten by the kicker, and so... Um, you know, their lack of going out and making a move at kicker has me wondering what's going on. You know, and I mean, we'll just go back like two seasons ago. They they were losing games because of the kicker. And so uh, I'm just surprised that that wasn't addressed. And so, you know, Tennessee, for as much as we love Mike Rabel uh, and as much as he's coached the heck out of them, you know, we've, we've talked about it a couple years in a row now. The roster is a mess in Tennessee and he's going to have to work his butt off if he wants any freaking hope in heck of getting them into the playoffs. So, with Tennessee, this is a, if they have another quirky schedule. Five of their last eight games are division games. Like, yeah, so theirs play, is all at the end, yeah. 
They play they play at Indianapolis in week five, and then they don't play another division game until week eleven. Okay. So the league kind of did them favors for within the division by putting all their division games at the end of the season after whoever their quarterback situation is settled and well, you know, it was before the Hopkins news, but you know, their wide receivers like their team's kind of settling in and but possibly by week eleven, if if things are going south, I, I hate to say this, but I think they could fire Vrabel. It it could happen, and you know the the sad part about it is that Vrabel Vrabel has been a phenomenal coach for them. They're just basically shitting on him with the roster moves, man. Yeah, and they and they always outperform the rock the, yeah. the roster like paper wise the this team is it's like a five win team and they always outperform it. If you remember last year, the only reason they didn't win the division was because Jacksonville went on a tear and won like yep. five of the last six games of the year to win the division. And that's what had to happen. Yep. And it came down to that one Saturday night game at Jacksonville where Tennessee wasn't able to get it done. So the last game of the year is at Jacksonville. Or sorry, it's Jacksonville at home this year. But I think by then, Tennessee's already eliminated from the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. So, so you had them at seven and ten, and you're super early. Where are you at with these guys now? I dropped them down by a game, and you would think because of the Hopkins addition that I would increase it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any faith in Tannehill being able to get Hopkins the ball. Okay. All right, so yeah, you dropped them down a game, and they finished seven and ten last year, and so you're you're thinking they take a step back. Uh, I had them at seven and ten in my super early, and see, this is where it gets interesting. So with the Hopkins move and all of the other uh, adjustments that I've made over the last you know two months or whatever it's been since we did the super early, I've actually got Tennessee creeping up to nine and eight, and. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, you know that my model has Vrabel is one of the higher rated coaches, which always helps. But um, I think the Hopkins thing was a factor, too. Um, but it's it's a suspect nine and eight. That's for sure. And I still have Jacksonville beating them out on the tiebreaker anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I could easily see it being less. I would hope it ends up being more because I, I like Vrabel. But, um, you know, and hey, if he got fired, you know. He's going to have options. Somebody's going to want him for everything he's done with that team. That's true. Okay, let's take it on over to the NFC South here, James. And so uh, the first team we got on the list is the Atlanta Falcons. And um, at quarterback, Marcus Mariota's out. Uh, They brought in Taylor Heineke, but the expectation is that Desmond Ritter is going to be the man. And so Ritter's going into year two. Um, You know, one thing that um, I noticed about Ritter, and this was actually playing Madden, he has got some serious speed for a quarterback, and not many people ever talk about that with him. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's something to watch because Arthur Smith is going to want to run the ball, and I can see him getting very creative 
with designed quarterback run plays with the kind of speed that Ritter has. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out in the field. Uh, but otherwise, at running back, they, they brought in Bijan Robinson in the draft in the first round. That was a huge move. Everybody was expecting that to be a high pick, and, um, you know, he's expected to be a workhorse. And, um, you know, that's that's with them having uh, Algier on the roster, who was a surprise pick last year, and Cordero Patterson. And so uh, they're looking really strong at running back going into this year. At wide receiver, they lost Demir Bird. Uh, they brought in Matt Collins and Scotty Miller. Not great. They do still have Drake London, so that helps. Uh, at tight end, Anthony Ferkser and Michael Pruitt are out, but they weren't doing much. Uh, they did bring in Janu Smith, and so they're pairing him with Kyle Pitts. I think you were talking about it. Maybe this is like a sign that Pitts is going to go more to like a slot-wide receiver role. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that'd, that'd be appropriate when you look at the guys they've got on that team now. Uh, it uh, On the offensive line, Elijah Wilkinson's out. Colby Gossip's out. They did bring in Jermaine Effetti, and they signed Matthew – or not signed. They drafted Matthew Bergeron in the second round. Um, you know, in terms of, like, the immediate impact, it's probably a wash. And I think long-term it's going to be better because of the ceiling on Bergeron. Uh, on the defensive line, this is one where a lot of people are excited. They, they brought in Calais Campbell. Um, I know he's getting long in the tooth, but I think he still adds a lot of value to that defensive line. Uh, they also signed David Onyemata, and they drafted uh, at the edge position Zach Harrison in the third round. And so they're making moves there on the defensive front, which they've historically had problems with. At linebacker, Rashawn Evans is out, which – you know, lineups has him at an 84. I don't know he's ever lived up to that 84, but whatever. Uh, they did sign Caden Ellis and Bud Dupree. Uh, Dupree, they're needing him to be effective this year. And, and he's had a couple rough years now, but that's injury-related and other stuff. Uh, at cornerback, Mike Fenton, Mike, I mean, sorry, Rashad Fenton, Mike Ford, Isaiah Oliver, they're out. Uh, they brought in Mike Hughes and Jeff Okuda. <laughs> Okuda's already hurt. Man, I just, ah, the Lions retreads. You know, like this is one where we've seen both these guys firsthand, especially Okuda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a high first round pick. Uh, You know, maybe him going there without all the pressure, the expectations, maybe he can turn it around. But they're not asking him to be a one, and so that's fine. And then same with Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes has been up and down in his career. so I don't know. I think maybe it helps them overall, but that's only because they weren't very good there to begin with. Uh, and then at safety, Eric Harris is out, but they signed Jesse Bates. That was a huge freaking signing, in my opinion. Uh, oh, yeah. And then it, and then at punter, they added Bradley Pinion. And so I think, you know, roster top to de- top to bottom. Uh, quarterback is a to be determined. You know, Ritter. We don't really know what they have in him yet. And so I, I don't know that I can call it a weak spot just yet. Uh, I think that the the confidence that Arthur Smith has in him leads me to believe that he's a lot better than people are thinking. And that athletic ability, I think, means there's some hope there. And so um, I don't want to call quarterback a weak spot, but like I said, to be determined. Linebacker is an area they need help with. And I do think even though they brought in Bradley Pinion, I think they could have a better a better punter but 
uh, that's me just kind of being picky. And so uh, all in all, Atlanta, the roster, it's looking better than last year. What are you seeing and what are you thinking with these guys, James? Atlanta's one of my one of my favorite teams coming into this year. Okay. They, they have a semi-easy schedule where they play the AFC South and the NFC North. And, like, their hardest road games are probably at Detroit and at the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, if those are their two hardest, that's yeah. encouraging. Like, I'm for sorry, them. their hard, hardest non-division road games. Okay. So when I look at their 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 the moves they make, I like I really like like the addition of Eshan Robinson. I absolutely love that draft pick. I love his fit in there. I, you might argue with the head quarter of Patterson, but Bijan Robinson's just a stud. Yeah, you couldn't and pass on him. You can't pass on him, especially for a head coach that's had Derrick Henry in the past. Exactly. You know? I mean, you're giving the guy the the best you can give him. Yeah. So in our super early pr- predictions, I had them at ten and seven. Yep. I now have them at thirteen and four. Oh man, you're getting real hyped on them. Ooh. Yeah, which scares the hell out of me. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, just... and they finished seven and ten last year. So you mm-hmm. think you think Ritter's the real deal? I I do. I like I like what I saw out of Ritter, um, especially getting the last four starts of the season last year. Kind of, it's gonna it propels him into being comfortable in that starting role, and they kind of have a couple easier games um, to start the season where they play they play Carolina and Green Bay, both games at home. Yeah. For Ritter, and it's like it's like their first six game. I'm sorry, their first eight games they play two home, two away, two home, two away. And then it alternates until like the end of the season. Like it's it's that's crazy. That's weird. I just noticed that. But but yeah. So I really like Atlanta coming this year. Like I think I think they might lose to like Jacksonville and Tennessee. Um, they'll probably lose to Detroit and Carolina. Might pick them off when they're at Carolina. Okay. Outside of that, I don't see that many losses on the schedule. Yeah, I, I think. Um... You know, even if they got to the 10 and 7 where you had them in the super early, that'd be a successful season for them. Uh, but if they got to 13 and 4, of course, that's putting them at another level, which would be huge. Um, so, yeah, and they finished 7 and 10 last year. I had them at 9 and 8 in my super early. And this one is a weird one for me because um, I ended up with all the updates, they came down to 8 and 9. And. Eight and nine was still good for them to take second in the division and sneak into the wild card for the NFC. And so, um, you know, I, I still like their prospects. And what I'll tell you with, with Atlanta is that Ritter's really the key factor in my model. And so I've mm-hmm. got him at eight and nine with a really low rating. If I give him a modest boost it puts them at 11 wins in my model. And so uh, if he ends up being, you know, better than expected, I I can see getting closer to where you're at with the 13 and four. Uh, But I'm going to stick with the eight and nine until I, I really get to see what he's going to do this year. And then, you know, of course we adjust as the season goes on. So. 
Uh, okay, so next up, James, we've got the Carolina Panthers. We've been talking about them a lot. Um, you know, as we know, they uh, they brought in Bryce Young, number one overall pick. They also brought in Andy Dalton to back him up and hopefully help coach him from the sideline with the clipboard. Uh, at running back, they lost Deonta Foreman, who was very effective for them last year after they traded away McCaffrey. Uh, but they brought in Miles Sanders, which on paper is a pretty significant upgrade. Uh, you know me. I'm a big Foreman fan. I, I liked him. I liked his running style. Sanders, I think, has always kind of just been a little bit of a letdown. But now that he's out of Philly, you know, I think that you adjust your expectations of him. And, you know, we'll see what we're going to get there. Uh, at wide receiver, DJ Moore was part of that trade to Chicago. They did bring in Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, and uh, Demir Bird. They also drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round. And so... I like that they're trying at wide receiver, but I really would like to see them have a wide receiver one. And we know it's not Thielen at this stage of his career. The other guys on the list, they've not shown that. Maybe Mingo in time, but I'm not seeing him jumping out the gate doing it. Uh, at tight end, though, they did bring in Hayden Hurst. I liked that move a lot. He's got an 81 rating on lineups. Uh, he was a third down specialist in Cincinnati. And I think he's that safety net for Bryce Young that we talk about with the rookie quarterback. Uh, on the uh, defensive line, Henry Anderson's out. They brought in Shy Tuttle and Deshaun Williams. Nothing spectacular there. Uh, but they drafted DJ Johnson uh, for the edge position in the third round. I like that. Um, at linebacker, Damian Wilson and Corey Littleton are out. They brought in Camu Grugier-Hill however you say his name. Holy cow, I'm botching him bad tonight. Um, cornerback, uh, TJ carries out. They didn't really backfill him. Uh, it's safety. They made some good moves. They brought in Von Bell and Eric Rowe. I like them bringing in both those guys there. Uh, at kicker, Zane Gonzalez is out, but I think he was hurt a lot last year and wasn't really doing a whole heck of a lot. So for them, you know, roster-wise, I think quarterback, it's it's all about development for Bryce Young. But they've got their quarterback of the future, and that wide receiver one is an area that they need to figure out. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be this year unless one of these guys just kind of steps up that we're not expecting. Aside from that, James, I actually think Carolina's roster is pretty solid. And that's a lot better than a lot of the teams I've talked about so far tonight. <clears throat> What are you thinking, man? I really, really wish Carolina did more. Okay. Where do you think they could have done more? Well, first of all, I hate I hate substituting Miles Sanders for Dante Foreman. I'm sorry, vice versa. Dante Foreman for, you know what I mean. Miles Sanders, yeah, that was right the first time. Miles Sanders for Devonta, Don, yeah. Dante Foreman. Um, I just... I think I think they have looking looking at them. I think they have a decently difficult schedule. Um, I think I think their offensive line isn't quite there. They spent the last couple of years up until this year, like they did some did some offensive moves, but like like last year, all they did was defense. Yeah. And they don't have. I don't think they have the protection in place for for that offensive line to protect 
I don't know why I'm getting those two confused. Like, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud all the time. Yeah. Every time I go to talk about them. But I just, I don't think, I don't think they've done enough. Okay. And I was really disappointed in this offseason because, as you know, I was I was higher on Carolina than you were at our super early yep. prediction. I think you had them at like four or five wins and I had them at nine. Yeah. I now have them at, I only dropped them down to seven wins, but that's also because they have, on the schedule, they have a lot of teams that I think are t- going to take a step back. Okay. This year, like they play, they play Dallas, and I'm not too too high on Dallas in that game because it's at home. They play, but like, they, I'm sorry, they have them losing to Dallas. My fault. My fault. I misaligned. They play at Chicago. That's an easy, easy win. They play. I think Tampa Bay's down. I think Indy's down. I think. Um, Seattle, I think Seattle overachieved last year. So I have them at seven wins, but I could easily see them at three. Okay. Yeah, so you think there's um, there's more downward pressure for them than yeah. upside this year. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and so, yeah, so they, they finished seven and ten last year. I had them in the super early at four and 13. Uh, my model has them at five and 12. And so even though I'm talking them up, uh, my model is still saying it's going to be an uphill battle for this year. And a lot of that's, it's, it's in ways similar to Atlanta where it's, um, it's going to depend on Bryce Young's rating and how quick he develops. The thing is I'm more comfortable boosting the rating for Ritter because he's going into year two I'm not comfortable boosting that rating from mm-hmm. Bryce Young because he's a rookie. And so I think he's going to have rookie struggles. And so uh, I'm sticking with the 5-12, and 12, even though I really do like their roster. Uh, okay, so next up, James, that takes us down to the uh, New Orleans Saints. New Orleans. And so uh, the Saints, you know, their big move of the offseason was bringing in Derek Carr. Uh, that was uh, an interesting one, the way it worked out in the possible trade and, you know, all that. I know oh, you I got like a kick the, out of that. I, I like the fuck you, David. Uh, David. Derek Carr gave um, gave the Raiders, like, fuck you. You want to get rid of me? Nope, I won't waive my no trade. I'll go sign with them out, out in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, that was a bold move. And, you know, he got there. Uh, but, yeah, so Andy Dalton's out. They've got Derek Carr. Uh, they still got Jameis Winston in the mix, but Carr's the guy. Uh, at running back, Mark Ingram is gone. David Johnson's gone. Who I didn't even realize David Johnson was on the roster last year until I was looking at this. But um, I Jamal guess I Williams, do remember that. What's that? I do remember remember him being there. Like I think he only played, like, five games there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal for a brief time in Houston, and then it just, like, never never worked out for him otherwise. But that's okay. Uh, so at running back, they brought in Jamal Williams. Uh, I like that, but he's kind of like a specialist. He's, he's a hammer at this point. Um, and they drafted Kendra Miller in round three. And so I think 
They're going to be better at running back, but Kamara's got that three-game suspension. At wide receiver, uh, Jarvis Landry is gone. Deontay Hardy's gone. Landry was fairly ineffective for him last year. They did bring in Brian Edwards. Uh, I like him, even though he's never lived up to expectations. Uh, and I think the big story there is that uh, Chris Olave was great as a rookie. They're expecting him to be even better this year. And whether you believe it or not, Michael Thomas is the healthiest he's been in, you know, three, four, 57 years because he hasn't been healthy in forever. So uh, then at tight end, they brought back Jimmy Graham, a little bit long in the tooth, and I don't think he's going to be their, their top tight end, but he definitely adds some depth for them, which is nice. They added Trey Turner to the offensive line. That's good for depth. Um, on the defensive line, David Anyamata's out. Uh, they brought in Kalen Saunders and Nathan Shepard. They also drafted Brian Breesey in the first round. Uh, I like Kalen Saunders. I think that that was a sneaky good signing, even though rated, even though lineups only has him rated at a 71. Uh, on the edge, they lost Marcus Davenport. That that one, you know, that hurts. Even though Davenport was like very streaky, inconsistent with them. They did draft Isaiah Foskey in the second round, and so I think they're hopeful that in time he'll be able to fill those shoes, but I think it's going to take a little while. Uh, in the secondary, Chris Harris is gone. Chris Harris Jr., sorry. Um, they did bring in Isaac Yedum, uh, and then at safety, P.J. Williams, Justin Evans, Daniel Sorensen, they're all gone. They added Daniel Abram. Uh, everything I'm hearing, even though on paper, they've had a lot of subtractions in the secondary. They still feel pretty confident that they've got a stacked secondary. And so New Orleans is a team that historically has invested a lot in their cornerbacks and their safeties. And so um, I'm not like totally worried about them. And so uh, looking at looking at their roster, top to bottom, uh, I think they have a gap at defensive tackle. You know, I think that they could they could add one more quality guy on the inside of that defensive line. Um, and then really, you know, I think the rest of it's all going to come down to, you know, what kind of Derek Carr are we going to get with the Saints? You know, is he going to be, uh, you know, higher performing Derek Carr or is he going to be streaky Derek Carr? You know, we've seen Derek Carr in the past where he's had seasons where he's been effective 20 to 20, but he can't get the ball in the end zone. And so, you know, I, I'm curious to see what we're getting. We know he's going to be motivated. Uh, he's happy to be signing with the Saints. He, <clears throat> he's got the connection with Dennis Allen. He's got the weapons. He's got the offensive line. Um, you know, I think it looks good for them. It's just um, maybe a little bit of an unknown. What are you thinking, James? Right. First, David Johnson um, played in the last five games in the year last year for New Orleans, and he had 12 total attempts for 24 yards and four receptions for 47 yards. Okay. So not very much of a factor, but as we kind of figured, just based on how his career trajectory. Yeah, I thought he faded away a few years ago. Yeah. So with with the Saints, I was fading them early in the season. With I was I was thinking that Kamara was going to be suspended six to eight games. Okay. And with that, I was fading them early, early in the season. I had them at eight and nine, 
in our super early because I just I thought the suspension was going to be longer. Fast forward to today, and it's only a three-game suspension. So the three-game suspension, he's going to miss home against Tennessee, at Carolina, and at Green Bay. Okay. I think without him in those games... Yeah, those are all winnable games even without him. Exactly. I thought it was more a little bit later. Like if it was if it was eight, like missing at, I mean it's so winnable. But like Tampa Bay, New England, Houston, Jacksonville, Indy, like so I had them losing in there a little bit. Okay. I now have them. I absolutely love them coming into this year. I I don't have them winning the division. That's another team. We'll okay. get to that team later. I'm kidding. We've already talked about that team. Um, but I have them making the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, last year they were 7-10. and 10. You had them at 8-9 and nine super early. And now you've got them moving up to 10-7. and seven. Okay. Um, I had them at 8-9 and nine also in the super early. And I bumped them up to nine and eight. So we're both moving them up. You a little bit more than me, but we're still pretty close at nine and ten. Uh, I've got them winning the division though, and so uh, you and me were flipped with Atlanta. I, I have both these teams making the playoffs. I've just got it the other way around. Mm-hmm. All right, so that takes us to our final team for the evening, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and. We, uh, we teased a little bit about these guys last week, that there's a lot going on with this team, and uh, Baker Mayfield in particular. And so um, let's just get into it here. We've got uh, at quarterback Tom Brady. He's out. He retired. They brought in Baker Mayfield. He is in a quarterback competition with Kyle Trask. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype for Mayfield, but I also – occasionally hear that like the the gap is closing between the two of them and so it's it's hard to trust what you hear at this time of the year sometimes Mm -hmm. uh at running back giovanni bernard is out leonard fournette is out they brought in chase edmonds but the expectation is that um uh holy cow i forget what's his name uh was on the roster last year one of their i think he was a rookie last year is expected to be their starter this year and so uh not expected yeah not expected to be a downgrade at running back is ultimately what I'm trying to say. Uh, at wide receiver, they lost Scotty Miller, Julio Jones, and Brashad Perriman, but all those guys were backups to um, Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, at tight end, Cameron Brake and Kyle Rudolph are out, but uh, they weren't adding much value last year anyhow. Uh, on the offensive line, they lost Donovan Smith and Shaq Mason, they did sign Matt Feeler, and they drafted Cody Mouch in the second round. Um, I am a little bit nervous about that because their offensive line was just so bad last year. Uh, I think that it can only be better this year because some guys are, are going to have that extra year to develop, and uh, some other guys are going to be healthier and whatever the case may be. But that's an area to watch. On the defensive line, Akeem Hicks is out. Rakeem Nunez-Rochez is out. They signed Greg Gaines, 
and then they doubled down in the draft with Kalijah Kansi in the first round and Yaya Diaby in the third round. And so uh, I like what they did there. Uh, on the edge, Carl Nassib, he's out. At cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting is out. Uh, they, they may be one of the deepest teams in the secondary, so I don't think they're worried about Murphy Bunting being gone. He, uh, he fell out of favor last year anyhow and was like not on the field as much as in previous years. Uh, it's safety, Mike Edwards, Keanu Neal, and Logan Ryan are all out. They did add Ryan Neal. Um, despite these departures, I don't think that they're worried about the secondary. And then at kicker, Ryan Sukup's out. They added Chase McLaughlin and Rodrigo Blankenship. One of those two guys will probably be serviceable, but uh, they could do better at kicker. And so I think quarterback's a big question mark for Tampa Bay. I think running back, uh, just because you got a young guy who we haven't seen a whole lot of yet, uh, that's a little bit of a question mark, but not as big a one. Tight end, they could do more, uh, but they do have two really great wide receivers. I think they need help at guard, even though Mouch could step up in year one and be effective there, uh, and then kicker. And so I, I think Tampa Bay has more holes than we've seen in a long time but they do still also have a lot of talent in the positions that they have talent at. They have really high quality talent. And so that makes Tampa Bay a very hard team to project for this year. And so what do you, what do you see and what are you thinking with these guys, James? So first of all, the back <clears throat> you were referring to was Rashad White. Thank you. Um, so Tampa Bay. I absolutely hate Tampa Bay coming into this year. They, you can remember they won the South last year, so they have have all the number one. So they have at Minnesota. Well, they play, they play the NFC North. So they play at Minnesota, but they have to play Philadelphia and San Francisco. Okay. And it's at San Francisco. Yeah. Um. So I have them winning. Zero games before week nine. Holy cow. Then I have them winning back-to-back. Then I have them losing. Then I have them winning. And then I have them winning zero more games. Okay. (laughs) I have them beating Houston, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Okay. Not even beating Jacksonville. Just Houston, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Okay. Um, I think Bulls gets fired week going into the bye in week five. Like I think it's just going to be happen, that man. Bad. It could happen. So they start the season at Minnesota. They play at Minnesota, home for Chicago and Philadelphia, and then at New Orleans. If that goes, the, if that if they start out zero and four, I think they fire him. Okay. But coming out of the bye, they play Detroit, Atlanta, at Buffalo. So it's not exactly projected to be an easy no easy time coming out of the bye. And uh, their game they they're playing at San Francisco, they play it's just I have it's, them winning three games this year. It's okay. a tough schedule. I have them going three and fourteen. And while I like Bulls as a coach, I think I think the pieces aren't there in Tampa Bay for him to be successful. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate, you know, because it didn't work out with the Jets. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I like him. I like hearing him talk. I, I like – I think the players like him, and they, they think he's like more of a, a stoic kind of personality but still a, a strong leader. Um, I just wonder if he's really head coach material. It just seems like he's more top-tier defensive coordinator – it just it's like something's missing at the head coach spot for him. So I, yeah, I think you might be right there. All right, so you had you had him at four and thirteen in the super early. You got him coming down to three and fourteen. Uh, I had him at five and twelve in the super early, and it, and also good to point out they were eight and nine last year. But I think we're in like a whole new world with Tampa Bay this year without Tom Brady. Um, my model has them at six and eleven for this year, James, and so it it went up a game. And this is where it gets wild in my model is that uh, Baker Mayfield's rating it affects my model so drastically that if I boost him up, you know, and and I, I had him at a healthy boost when there was all the hype about him and how well he was doing. My model had them winning twelve games a lot of them were very close uh but i just don't see that being a reality and it kind of freaks me out a little bit because um that's kind of how my model had the lions last year it had a huge range for Mm -hmm. them and it just made it very hard to kind of nail down what i thought was appropriate for these guys i think you hit the nail on the head is that it's you know baker really hasn't gotten it done and so I can't give him the rating that I had him at that had the 12. Uh, and then same with Todd Bowles. It just, whatever it is, it has not worked for him. And so uh, I have to err on the lower end, which is the six wins in my model. And so that's what I'm going with for this team, man. Makes sense to me. All right. So then I guess top to bottom, you've got Atlanta winning the division. Then you got the Saints. Then you got Carolina, and then you got Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got I've got New Orleans, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Carolina. So we've kind of got our top two and bottom two the same, just flipped. So um, okay, not too bad, not too bad. That is the NFC South, and um, yeah, I guess any closing thoughts on that before we move over to question of the week here, James? You think so? I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, let's do a little question of the week action. And so um, for tonight, you know, I wanted to talk about the NFL top 100 list. Uh, Every year, as you know, James, the players vote on who they think are the top 100 players in the NFL. And, uh, you know, NFL.com basically releases like 10 a week, starting at 100 and going down and whatever else. And so... The full 100 is out now, and I just wanted you to give me your opinion. When you're looking at the top 10, do you think any player or players uh, got snubbed by the ratings for this year? And so uh, when I look at in here, I guess let me, let me just pull it up real quick so we can talk about who's in that top 10. Oh, I just botched the crap out of that. <clears throat> All right, so you've got uh, Patrick Mahomes at one. I don't think there's any surprise there. 
You've got Justin Jefferson at two, Jalen Hurts at three, Nick Bosa four, Travis Kelsey five, Joe Burrow six, Tyreek Hill seven, Josh Allen eight, Micah Parsons nine, and Chris Jones ten. And so all these guys, rock solid players, top of their game. Um, for me, you know, I'm going to say if a player was snubbed, and I, I'm, you know, I'm saying if, emphasizing the if, it would have been Miles Garrett. And I say that because Miles Garrett was number 11 on last year's list, and he arguably had a better year individually. Uh, he tied his sack mark. I think he had more pressures. He had more tackles for a loss. Uh, but it he ended up falling to 20 on the players list here. He went from 11 to 20. And I think some of that might have to do with basically it's like, you know, the sympathy of the team struggling maybe brought him down in the players' minds a little bit because Miles Garrett is a phenomenal player, a phenomenal defensive end. And I would have thought with another strong year like he had last year, that might have bumped him up at least one spot to get him into that top 10. Instead, he fell down nine spots. And so, you know, and, and I, I think you could argue with a number of guys that maybe they could have been in that top 10, like Trent Williams uh, at left tackle. I think he's a guy you could maybe make the case for. Uh, even Fred Warner at middle linebacker, I think you could make the case for him. Uh, but all in all, I mean, I think it is a pretty rock-solid top 10. And so I think it's it's almost like you really got to make a case for a guy and who would you bump at that point, uh, which I think it would be hard to bump. You know, I think maybe you bump Chris Jones at 10, but Chris Jones really is coming off a very strong year too. So it's it's a, it's a hard argument, in my opinion, man. What do you think? All right. I'm not going to get into the order order of them. Sure. I think I agree with eight of the ten players in the top ten. Okay. Ones I disagree with are Micah Parsons and Tyreek Hill. Okay. I think there were three players that were snubbed that could make big arguments. You're Miles Garrett argument is a valid one when i look at the top 10 or when i look at the top 20 oh wait a minute when i look at the top 30 <laughs> is, is 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 he here hold on i'm still looking for him oh you got a guy that really got snubbed is what you're telling me where the fuck is he ranked? Hold on, let me look at the top 40. Am, am I just... He ranked number fucking 39. Brock Purdy, yeah, yeah! Jamar Chase. Uh, see, I don't know. I, I think I would still have Tyreek Hill over him on my list. Uh, but I think he should be a lot higher than, what'd you say, 39 or 38? 39. Yeah, I think he should be higher than 39. <laughs> also, 
Derrick Henry, where where did I just saw Derrick Henry? Derrick yeah. Henry at twenty five. Yeah, and I mean he had like fifteen hundred something yards last year, man. Yes. With fifteen I think, touchdowns. I think he's another one that's like in that Miles Garrett vein where people discounted him because the team struggled last year. Because when you look at his individual performance, last year was like a vintage Derrick Henry year, man. He just ran all over everybody. Yeah, just outside of the top 10, Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams. Like, they have arguments to be in the top 10, too. True, true. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is a tough one for me. He had such a great year, but it was like almost like a one-year wonder kind of thing that it makes me suspect to, you know, dub him a top 10-er, you know? But, but, but when you look at Jacobs' stats, and, and it's, and, okay, it's top 10 players coming into the year. Correct. It's not yeah. top 10. It's yeah. like his previous stats. But even when you look at his stats, they've been steadily increasing over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying I don't like the guy. <laughs> uh, so he had like, a, a, he was right around a thousand yards. Thousand yards. He took a little dip, and then he he broke out with 1,600 yards. Um, but it's just he has the arguments. It's like I can't believe how like fucking Jamar Chase is below Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, in Khalil Mack, I mean, it's like he's in decline phase is what it looks like. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a then tough you have, one. You, you have Christian McCaffrey at 35. Yeah, see, the Khalil Mack thing, that's where it's like you got the legacy kicking in, is that the players are looking more than just the one year, you know? And so it's like even though they're looking, trying to say it's just the top going into this season, it's hard to not have history affect your opinion, you know? Okay. Um, then what's your excuse for Dexter Lawrence being at 28? I'm not giving you excuses. I'm just trying to help you maybe understand where people people's heads could be at, man. Like, I... It's just... This list... This year is this is the first year that this list completely bugs me. Okay. Like completely well, bugs me. Jeez, man, because like last year we had a whole show on this. Oh, let's see. Do we have a week between season and when we wrap up? Let's see. Next week we're doing we this. Might, yeah, because it. Cause yeah, we're gonna we do, we're, doing, we're gonna have. We're going to have, gonna one, have week. one week. We're going to have one week. All right. So so the last week before the regular season, James, we'll just write it down now. We're going to do our review of the NFL Top 100 list. And, that, and that'll yeah, give us plenty of time to, to come up with who we think needs to go into what tiers, you know? Yeah. It's just this list bugs the fuck out of me. Yeah. I mean, I remember the last time when we reviewed it, you and I, we had a lot of bones to pick. And so uh, I suspect it would be the same. It's just, um, yeah, let's give it the time to go through the, the full exercise. I'm good with that. Yeah, I haven't even reviewed, like, the entire list. Like, I'm just, like, looking at it, and it, like, I, 
You're not digging how it the, at all, man. How the fuck is Joey Bosa number 70? Yeah, how much did he even play last year? I think he's phenomenal if he's healthy. Yeah, I, he's phenomenal if he's healthy, but... Well, I didn't mean to give you so much grief. Let's just focus on, hey, we had a whole bunch of new subscribers and Gridiron Grinder. Hey, if you're watching, hit that like button. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. We do it every week, people. This is just ridiculous. These players are smoking crack when they... Well, I mean, hey, how the if, fuck is, if how, Rashad how is Breeland Devonta, was a part of it. <laughs> how the fuck is De, Devonta Smith number 100? Uh, he, had a, he had a solid year, you know. So some of it, you know, some of it for me is that I like to, I like to look at it by position, you know. So it's like in addition to looking at the overall 100, I like to see, like, what's the order of the positions? Like, what are, what... What wide receivers are rated where? And then say, oh, man, you know, they should have had this receiver rated higher than that one and this one rated higher than that one. But um, I like Devonta Smith's season. I'm just – I guess I got to look at it in relation to some of the other players to decide if if he should have made the list or not, you know? All right, so I'll, I'll go – and, and, and is that your argument is that you don't think he should have been in the top 100? No, I think he's fucking too low. Oh, you think he okay? So you think he should have been a lot better than a hundred? Yeah, like just just looking at it, like like Terry Terry McLaurin, yeah, who was a number one in Washington, yeah, had eleven hundred and ninety one yards, ranked at number ninety four. Devonta Smith, as the number two in Philadelphia, had one thousand one hundred and ninety six yards, ninety five receptions versus seventy versus eighty. Uh, Devonta Smith had seven touchdowns. McLaurin All right. does not say how many touchdowns he had. Yeah, with McLaurin, though, I, I think one thing you want to keep in mind is that he had, like, nobody throwing to him. And he hasn't, in his career, like, really had anybody throwing to him. And he's still productive, you know. And so it's like, how good would he be if he had a better quarterback? So I think I think maybe the players are throwing him some props based on that. Yeah, as I was saying it, McLaurin's a bad example. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just I just had those two on on the same same page. So sure. I will go with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, a rookie. A rookie. rookie. Eleven hundred yards. That's a lot for a rookie. At 74, Devonta Smith at 100. Uh, yeah, that one, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. I like Devonta Mark Smith. Mark Andrews at 80, Devonta Smith at 100. Hmm. All right, we'll save it. Save it for a couple weeks. We're going to dig into it, James. 
St. Brown at 67. Devonta Smith at 100. <laughs> or just uh, keep going through it now. Nope. I will, I will cut it up there. My point is, is this this list is a fucking joke, and I will get more into that in three weeks. Sure. You think that they just had a big party and just threw a bunch of names in a hat? I think they did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, hey, so for tonight, man, that's all I've got. Do you have any closing thoughts since you're going to be saving this part for later? No, I'm just looking at this list more and more and getting more and more annoyed at it. Cooper Cup at 47. Yeah, and I mean, that's a tough one because he was hurt last year. So, um, I don't know. But he was phenomenal until he got hurt and that team fell apart. So, So anyways, I will get more into this. Yeah, I might just sit back for that episode and just let you do the talking. <laughs> I just bugs the fuck out I, of me. Yeah, I can tell you're feeling very passionate about it. So I'm going to let you probably do the heavy lifting for that show. All right, well, hey, so for tonight, we're good. Uh, yeah. Everybody, thanks for watching. Next week, we're doing the AFC and the NFC West. And so we're going to continue this on. And we hope you like the show. Uh, that's all we got, so we'll catch you later. Thank you. Have a good one. Great Iron Grinder! Hut, hut, hike!